Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and today the podcast is brought to you by Blue Deer Design. On the show today, we have Cole Gray, a Scottish designer who goes by the name of Pixels Inc. During the show, we get into some pretty controversial topics, like logo design pricing, whether or not you should put your prices on your website, getting more clients and how to deal with clients. We also talk about judging yourself against other people's prices and how much value you can give. And there's loads of great practical design advice in this episode. So listen carefully. Thanks very much. I'll see you at the end. This is my chat with Cole Gray. Cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, who are you and what you're all about? Oh, right. Uh, I'm Cole. I'm Cole Gray. And uh, it's not Colonel, by the way. Some people think it's short for Colonel. I have never been in the army. It's short for Colin. Only my mum calls me Colin. Um, so, yeah, it's Cole. And my business is Pixels Inc., graphic design studio. And uh, I'm all about heavy metal. Nice. Although not much metal gets into my design work, um, but maybe need to fix that. Yeah, been a designer for 20 years. I graduated uni in 98, doing animation, funnily enough. I did a graphic design HND three years before that. Could have been a doctor, six years at college. Um, And um, 13 years of running Pixels Inc. So this is my third, I think it would be 13 years in December. So unlucky for some, but... Seems quite lucky for me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think the the guys over inspired Edinburgh. Uh, the, the interview you did with them. That, yeah, that, really, that was really really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I don't watch that back. No, I don't, I don't like watching back <laughs> any interviews I've done. I just, I just, I don't know. It's just something about it. Um, it's really really good. I think if, if people want to learn a bit more about you and actually go in depth of a lot of the stuff you say about design and, and yeah, uh, definitely yeah, some good questions. Yeah. I'll put a link in the, in the description. Yeah. Uh, so we're here today to talk about value pricing, value-based pricing, and learning a bit more about how you can be confident in charging certain amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you charge by value-based pricing, is that right? Uh, I, I have this thing about pricing, about how people charge, and about how... There's a lot of kind of experts out there who say this is how you should do it and this is how you shouldn't do it. I use whatever I feel is kind of right at the time. Now, that may be right or wrong for some people, but for me, it kind of works. Um, my, I'm not a millionaire by any stretch because the way I work is I always put my client first. The client always comes first. So I kind of find out how what their budget is um sometimes they lie so you have to be careful because sometimes they don't want to give you the true figure because they've maybe been burned by a designer before um and so they don't want to be burned again so they're being very protective um so if they if they give you a budget or they don't want to you know they're very protective of it the way to kind of free things up a little bit is to is just have a conversation with them that's the i think that's the the problem when i've dealt with clients who've been burned before is because the designers haven't listened to them and the designers have went i'm the designer i know what's right yeah with me and i'll go and do it now there is a thing of a client will come to you with what they want but it's it's our job as designers to give them what they need that's true but 
the client knows their customer base and business more than you do, at least in the beginning. Um, so if you don't take the time to listen to them, find out what their fears are, because they will have fears about working with you because they don't know what's going on, um, then you need, to, you need to allay those fears. And by allaying those fears and being honest and upfront with them, because you, you could say to them, you know, there will be bumps in the road. We probably will have bumps in the road. Nothing's perfect. You'll get them on side, and then you can have a more open and transparent discussion about the costs and the fees and, you know, everything's scalable. They can get this for, you know, they can get this much for this much or they can get that much for that much. Um, and so when it comes to value-based pricing, value-based pricing, which is obviously, you know, where you're selling the benefits of a service, not the, not the ins and outs of it, not it is this much for a logo. I will design you a logo. This is how much it is. Whereas what you're saying is, well, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise your brand awareness. I'm going to give you way more confidence in your business because you're going to have a great looking logo. And with that, with that logo, your confidence is going to rise. You're going to feel braver in your marketing because you're proud of what you have. And you can see the client going, oh yeah, that'd be great. You know, and you, that's kind of value-based, but I don't really kind of think about that in my head when I'm doing it. I just speak to the client and say, you know, what is it? That, what do we want to achieve? Because it's about creating something which achieves a goal. You know, it has to it has to do something. I've seen, you know, I've seen businesses who are very successful with shitty looking logos. Yeah, they don't care about what the logo looks like because they have a good business. They're maybe customer centric. Customers love them, and then they may go away and get a, what we think as designers is, oh yeah, that's a much better looking logo. But the customers are like, well, what have you done? We hate that. You know, that's not you. We are used to this and we're used to that. So we need to kind of, as designers, almost take off the rose tinted glasses a little bit and and really think more about the client and what would work for them. It's very tempting to say, oh, I've got I've got the best idea here. It's going to be really clever. I'll use negative space bloody golden ratio, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, um, all of that, you know, crowbar all of that in, that means that the logo is going to be amazing, but it might not be right for the client. So um, this is also linked to pricing. It's just how I kind of work it. It's, I just feel if you're very customer, client-centric, customer-centric, that when you get the client on board, one of the questions that you kind of use in value-based pricing is at the very start of the, the meeting, you before you kind of tell them how much you charge or whatever, you kind of ask the question, so imagine it's 12 weeks from now and we've created the perfect brand for you. What would that mean to your business? What would that do? You know, how many extra customers do you think you would get? Or, you know, it depends on what, what their business is, you know, how many, how many more volunteers would, would come to your, you know, volunteer charity? How many people would come in? Now, they may, they may not know the answer, you know, because that's kind of how long is a piece of string. But if you kind of have the conversation, they may be able to kind of just pluck a few things out there, out there a few numbers, and you go, okay, so if you can get, and now I'm going to use what, um, I had a business coach. I'm going to use what a business coach said to me. This is where I learned about this question. And she and I was struggling. 
I was kind of treading water with my graphic design business. I was, I was at the limit of the number of hours I could do a week without melting down. Um, and I was like, I need to, the only thing I can do now is charge more because I can't do any more work because I'm working all the hours there is. And so business coach came in and, and I didn't know how much she was. I'd heard good things. And I was like, I need to do something. So she came in. And one of the first questions was that question. So, call. let's say you hire me and we fix all these problems that you're having. If everything goes the way you want it to go, what difference would that make to you? How many, and I was doing website design at the time. I don't do that anymore. But let's say, how many more websites a month do you think you would win? And I was like, mm, I don't know. Well, she's like, how many, how many inquiries do you get? And I was like, like six or eight inquiries a month, maybe four to six, something like that. She went, okay. I said, said, so you would like to maybe think you could get one of those? And I was like, yeah, I would imagine if, if you can fix everything in my confidence and all that, get more than one of those or one of those. She said, how much do you charge for a, for a website? And I was like, two grand, between one to two grand. She's like, okay, so you'd like to charge two grand or you don't want one. I was like, no, I'd love two. She went, okay, so that's, that's 24,000 pounds a year extra that you'd get for everything going on. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then forget all about it. And at the end, so we do we do some some of our coaching and stuff. It's all really good. And she's given me a taste of what we would do. And she said, okay, Carl, so um, my fee is £3,000. And I was like, holy shit. In my head, holy shit. All I had was £3,000. All I had, it's all my savings. And I was like, holy shit. And she went, and it was, she said, she said, but if you pay it all now in 24 hours, you'll get it for two. That's still a lot of money, you know, at the time. And I'm like, right, okay. And she's like, oh, I see there's a bit of, bit of you know, you can see by the look on your face, <laughs> there's a bit of nervousness there. <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah. And she said, well, if you remember back at the beginning when I asked you, if we could fix your problem, you told me that you could make an extra twenty-four thousand pounds a year. Do you not think spending two thousand to make twenty-four is a good investment? And I was like, "God, oh, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Uh, I, I'm not getting anywhere right now." It was, and was like, and I paid two grand there and then. You right. know. Um, now, some people may see that as kind of a almost a like a trick kind of you know you could look at that as being yeah like a qvc shopping channel kind of so what are you paying for like, what, what, what did you get just that bit of advice uh, it was it was six months um, okay right right months yeah. coaching it was a meeting every two weeks um and basically uh it was a bit about sales techniques and things and some of the, the sales techniques i didn't run with because it wasn't I the, the sales techniques were a bit kind of not me. Right. You know, I, I don't like even I don't like even the word sales technique. I don't like it. Um, a lot of people would say I'm crap at sales. I, I, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer that started a business. I'm not a salesman who became a graphic designer. Welcome you know, to the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what she did do was she let me, she helped me to see the value that I could bring to people and what I did for their business. My confidence went up. Um, I moved out of the, it was an okay office, but I moved out of a shitty office, moved down to, to like a custom 
belt is made out of um, shipping containers, office block. It was really cool. And I felt like a graphic designer. Um, like my, my first sort of 20 or 30 videos on YouTube are based in that office, yellow walls and stuff. It's really cool. Um, that office was twice of what I was paying in the office I was in because I had this big fear. I still kind of have a little fear about money. Um, and I didn't want to spend any because I didn't have any. But she was like, if you go down there, you'll feel better and you will find the money, you know? Um, so that's kind of a, an anecdote, like a real actual story of how someone used value-based pricing on me. Mm. Um, and that stuck with me. Now, I don't use that technique. I, I hardly use that technique because I haven't really had to in many, many client encounters. Um, what's made a difference for me um, to kind of still talk about pricing and, and the value is, like I said, I don't use the value-based pricing, really. What I use is um, inbound marketing or content marketing. More and more people are starting to hear content. It's big in the States. It's starting to come over here. Um, but content marketing, in a nutshell, is basically just being super helpful without having a sales message attached to it. Um, you're just giving away your knowledge and your expertise. And by doing that, people can see you as the expert in your field and you build trust with them. Yeah, oh, so it's like all the YouTube videos, it's like all the stuff you're putting out there. But yeah, and that's, you... that's exactly what I do with my channel. But yeah. so when people come to you, though, how would you, and they ask you how, how much is your logo, how, how do you price that? I pretty much have a flat rate right. for my logo pricing. Um, that may change. I'm not saying that will stay forever because um, I'm starting to get inquiries now from bigger companies. And the reason I have a flat rate is it's almost to push away clients that can't afford me yeah. um, because you do you'll know yourself you can spend a lot of time with someone and then they tell you how much money they have yeah. and you're like i can't do it for that okay thanks for your time time is all we have time is what we get paid for so if i can if i can almost pre-qualify clients so if someone sees my pricing and they go yep that's fine then we have a conversation. They'll contact me. Yeah. Um, but if they see it and go, oh, no, that's that's more than our budget. Now, there is a case of where someone may see my pricing and go away, and I then don't have a chance to speak to them. Because it may be that they, it's just because they don't know the, the value of what I can do for them. So they, they're maybe looking at 99 designs or something, and they're like, oh, I've got a budget of 250 quid. That's loads. That's way more than what I'm seeing here. So I'm yeah. going to get a good logo for that. But they don't understand what goes into the logo design process. So I've still got a long way to go in terms of my own website in getting videos on there where on each page I explain the value that I can bring if you use me for brand strategy or if you use me for logo design or you use me for creating your brochure. What can I bring? Um, and that's where I see value coming in as well is, and this is, this, is, this is harder for younger designers because obviously the more experience you have, there's value attached to that. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of clients 
a lot of clients in my 20 years. Um, and you learn a lot, you know, you, you, you learn to grow a bit of a thick skin. I'm a very empathetic person. You know, I, I really, you know, and being very empathetic is kind of why I make no money because I sometimes feel sorry for clients and take the job on anyway, um, even if it's worth not very much. But you learn when you know, things go wrong and you know how to fix them and you learn a lot of stuff. You also work with a lot of industries, so many different industries. That's one of the great things about this job is that you can work with all sorts. I mean, I've done I've done branding for um, a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that was about fifty. That's an exciting project. That was interesting. <laughs> um, I won't tell your name, um, <laughs> but then I actually got through that. I then got work for other porn stars. Right. Not a niche I wanted to get into, really. Designer. But I needed work at the time. So I got, you know, I was doing business cards and stuff before. So I was like, do you need it? Porn stars use business cards. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, all the way up to, you know, um, charitable organizations and stuff. So um, it's just the range is, is crazy. And you learn from working with all these different types of businesses. And, you know, you learn what works for them all and you learn where you need to change things up and so value can come say for example we were competing against one another and we were both exactly the same price but the client manufactured i don't know um tractors i don't know why tractors popped in my head right so they manufactured tractors i've worked with three tractor companies before so i know the ins and outs of tractor stuff so the value to that client is going to be more so if we were on a price per price basis, I'd probably get the job because I've got that. So that kind of makes it harder for younger designers who've not got much experience. And so in that respect, what you need to do, I feel, is that you need to show your experience um, and you, you need to show your understanding. I see a lot of people doing, you know, 30-day logo challenges, 100-day logo challenges, draw a logo every day for a year. That's That will improve your design skills mm. but it won't improve your skills at liaising with clients yeah and i personally and i have done it is i would rather contact organizations or businesses and ask them if they need any help with anything any design i know that aaron drakeland did that yeah um, i think he used to do it on a friday afternoon or something he used to give away his fridays and he would contact a local business and say hey what do you need I'm going to give you four hours of my time and we're, we're going to create something great for you. It's a live brief. You're dealing with live people. And they, even if you're doing it for free, you, you, you may get, you know, pushback on design. Oh, that's not right for us. And it lets you kind of start to learn what real projects are. Yeah. Um, because an, an experience that happened to me this week was I won a new um project this week from a client and they actually said to me that they want to work with me because they really like me and it wouldn't really matter too much about my design skills because they know that I would get them and together we'd create we'll create a really good project which was interesting he wasn't saying he would work with a shit designer but he's not looking to for some superstar you know, 
famous for being an amazing designer. Yeah. He wants to work with me because he feels that we'll get on together. And it's that people like people thing. So as young designers, young designers tend to be quite isolated and they'll maybe be in groups like Global Geeks or things like that. And they can share work in there between other designers. The good thing about Local Geeks is that you will get good critique in there. Um, there's a lot of other sort of design groups in that where I've seen people just, oh, that's, you know, that's shit or yeah. I would do this or I would do that or don't do that. The critique's a little bit more constructive, but at the same time, it can become a bit of an echo chamber. Um, you do need to start speaking to real life non-designers and start to understand because you'll also learn, learn how to educate people to design because we all have we have we have our own language and we don't know it we're just talking jpegs and gifs and yeah or gifs oh there's an argument gif or gif um i know it's gif but everybody says gif anyway and <laughs> um, you know and, and vectors and rasters and, and we just talk about that clients don't know that they just yeah. they, they, some might but some don't, and and I've had I've had projects go on forever because a client didn't know what a what a JPEG was. I'd asked them to supply me um, a copy of a logo on a JPEG, and it took them weeks. I was chasing them and chasing them, and eventually they said, "Like, really sorry, Cole, I don't know what that is." And that was it. They just didn't know what it was, and so I explained it to them, and then they you know like, "All right, okay, cool. Can I send you this?" And, yeah, great. And I was like, "This is ridiculous." They felt so embarrassed. Because they felt it sound because I said it so flippant, not flippantly, but like, oh, send me a JPEG. Like he yes. should have known what it was. And he was embarrassed to ask. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, this isn't good enough. And that's the reason I started my YouTube channel was I wanted to, my YouTube channel isn't for designers. There's a million other YouTube channels for designers. I started my channel to help business owners so that business owners could have a better relationship with designers. Because as designers, we know it, you can have some pretty crappy relationships where the conversation between you and the client maybe isn't going so great. And that generally comes down to understanding terms and what's required. And the client doesn't want to admit they don't know. Because you know it might be the client's like three times or twice the age of the designer. They don't want to feel like, yeah, this young person knows more than me, so they're not going to ask. Um, At that point, though, they should have looked it up. They should have looked up what a JPEG was. I think. But, uh... Yeah, but they, this this client was a complete technophobe. Right. Okay. Just didn't use computers or anything, you know. But again, I didn't find that out till later on. Yeah. Um, so it's only through these types of interactions that you will build up a list of questions as well that aren't in the. Top 10 questions that you should be asking your clients before you start a branding process. First question is, do you know how to use a computer? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's things that you can't think of that will, if you can, if you can ask those types of questions, um, you don't ask everyone, can you use a computer? Because that can sound very, you know, like, what do you take me for? You yeah. can kind of read between the lines about, you know, how people are. And by starting off that way, you instantly build a rapport with the client and they know that you care about them. And, and if you can build that up, in a way you can almost charge more because they trust you more and they know that you're there to help them. 
Whereas if you're just on a sales pitch um, and you can talk about features and benefits and, and, and stuff, it's, I'm just, I'm very much all for the client um, yeah. and in a way against the designer because I feel the designer has a lot to prove to win that client. Yeah. It's like, it's, I work with you. Why? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like giving, showing them that value and showing you, showing them what, what actually goes into the logo design. Otherwise they'll never, never work with a designer because they don't know, you know, it's a logo design. That could be created in five minutes. Yeah. What, what is a logo design? Well, how will it help my business? And I suppose. And that, I think like, there's a, yeah, exactly. I think there's, that's the, one of the things as well as, you know, there's a big, Everybody like complains about Fiverr and yeah. 99%. I was the same. I just bloody hate Fiverr. I wouldn't let people talk about it. And then I was like, why am I worrying about Fiverr? Yeah. If, if a client wants to go and use Fiverr, let them go and use Fiverr. Um, I can educate them and say, here's the difference. I've not done that yet. It's one of, I've actually got, one of my next videos is uh, Fiverr versus uh, like, nice. designer. Um, and I'm not going to rant about it. Because there's a lot of designers who've had a rant about it, and and you know, and not rightly so or wrongly so. It's just they wanted to, you know. Uh, I know Roberto Blake's done two videos yeah. on um, against it, and I love watching Roberto's stuff. Roberto is the one that basically got me into doing YouTube videos. I thought I followed him for a long time, and like he'll admit himself, his first YouTube video is bloody terrible. You know, lighting's awful, and it's just. And then he, then it became part of a strategy for him to get better. And I think he started off doing tutorials, Photoshop tutorials, and then he moved into more advice. And now he's kind of speaking on stages, you know, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? America and stuff. So he's kind of moved up a gear. Um, again, I'm not in it for that. Um, there's a bit of a sideline comes from that just because of the natural people see you and, and, you know, and then they're like, Oh, he knows how to talk about that. But um, yeah, the Fiverr thing is that Fiverr serves a purpose, you know, it's, it's there for a purpose. I don't agree. Um, I would never say to someone, Oh, you need a logo, go Fiverr. No, if you're needing a graphic or you maybe needing, I wouldn't even call it a logo, but like maybe you're starting a blog or something and you just need a graphic for mm. it fine, go and get something like that. But if it's for a business where you you want to make money or, you know, it's a charity or something and you want to really get the investment of your audience, spend some money on a, on a good logo, you know, get some research, get, get your values worked out, your, you know, your, your why, your vision and all the rest of it, get that in there. You'll not get that from Fiverr. And you probably end up with a bit of clip art and you'll get sued later on from the stock library that's that's looking, you know, that's got the bot site searching for it. But um, so that was a mini rant. But it has its place, as do we. And it's up to us to win the client. We need to educate the client. And um so how will we do that? Will we do it in videos? We we just email them. Yeah, you can do it by blogs. You could do it yeah. by networking. You know, scary thing for a lot of people. Go networking, yeah. local networking groups. I hate it. I'm like very shy. Once I start talking, I, I won't stop. But walking into a room of people, I'm usually I'm usually the guy who's in the corner, pretending to be on the phone. Twenty minutes <laughs> later, he's just disappeared because of. I, anxiety couldn't handle it yeah. but if there's someone there that i know already who who can introduce me to people in the room i'm fine 
Um, it's just that kind of thing. Um, so I think speaking to real people, get to know the businesses in your area. Um, it's all well and good that we've got the internet and stuff and we can work with clients all over the world, but start by just speaking to your local, you know, local area and, and see what's what and who needs help and, you know, just start being, it's that inbound content marketing thing. Just start being helpful in an old fashioned way. Content marketing is not new. It's yeah. been around forever. It's just got a catchy name now um, so that it can be used on social. But it's just, um, if there's a book, right, I'm going to recommend a book right now that if anyone wants to learn the, what content marketing is, uh, it's a book by a guy called Marcus Sheridan and it's um, called They Ask, You Answer. That's content marketing. If someone has a question, it's your duty in a way to answer that question. And that's what my YouTube channel is. It's just questions I've got from clients. And I go, right, if they had that question, other business owners have, want to know the answers to that. Yeah. Um, yes, my videos are of use to designers, mostly designers who are getting into the field. So, you know, there's nothing there for experienced designers. Um, there might be, I don't know, but things like color theory, you know, logos and, you know, what is a logo? Very basic question. Um, and that's a thing as well. There's, you know, you've heard of the curse of knowledge where you, you're, you're good at something and because you've been doing it so long, you forget that there's a level, like things like JPEG, you know, that's a curse of knowledge thing. Not everyone knows what a JPEG is. Yeah. So you need to kind of, you need to lower yourself down to a level of the client and take things very, very basically and not use jargon try to watch what you're saying so that you're talking about stuff in day-to-day in -day -day speak and, you know, not kind of mixing all up with buzzwords that they're just like, they're nodding their head in your meeting as if they're understanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm going, I have no idea what that's all about. And we've probably all experienced clients that like, you're like, oh, I've got that project in the bag. You never hear from them again because they're just given, they just want to give you all the right indications and then they go away. Um, Value-based pricing isn't, isn't going to help you there if they can't understand what it is that you can give them. Yeah. Um, but this is a great book, really easy read. Um, you know, I don't get any money for every copy that's sold, uh, mm -hmm. but it's. Um, I've met Marcus in person. I've seen him speak a couple of times, and um, I can. I first saw him speak in 2015 at a conference, and I will happily say it changed my business. Oh, yeah. cool. I started Pixels Inc. in 2005 and I was, you know, doing okay. I was getting by. Um, and in 2015, so Marcus, he was talking about this, they ask you answer thing. And it was just the, it, so why am I not doing this? This is how I can help my customers. That's the thing as well. Not everyone's a customer. You just have to be helping people. Right. So, if you know you're not targeting with sales, you can ask. You know, I've started doing after like 200 odd videos. I've started saying, uh, if you're interested in, in having a chat with me, there's my yeah. website. You know, because <laughs> I still feel it's a bit salesy. Um, but I think I'm. I think I've. I'm entitled to do that now. I think I've. I've I'm putting out content um, fairly regularly to do that. But um, I don't know if I've kind of gone on a bit much, but. I do think everything I've said is is linked to 
Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, yeah people are going to take different things away from everything you say anyway. So it's, yeah. it's good to um, good to yeah, good to waffle on like the, like the podcast title. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just like, like I say, it's going to be harder, I think, for for younger designers. But all I'll say is, um, it's just get yourself out there, get yourself out into your community, and and and, and help people because by doing that as well, you'll 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 get a reputation for being helpful. Yeah. People like that. You just need to be careful that, you know, because you're helping one person, somebody else who comes along for work doesn't assume that you're going to be doing the work for them for nothing. Um, that's, you know, you're doing that, you're approaching that client or that business owner saying, hey, I, I want to help you. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can probably see that their stuff isn't that great or they could just do with a little bit of help. You need to be careful as well because some people might not want help and they may take it, what do you mean my stuff? You think my stuff's... I wouldn't go in and say, hey, I think your stuff's crap. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> just do it and say, hey, I'm a designer. You know, I'm kind of, I think I'm pretty good. I'm looking to improve, you know, my portfolio and stuff. And I'm, I'm giving out some free time. Is there anything I can help you with? And then they may say, well, that's a, yeah, we're needing, you know, we've got this. Or what do you think of this? And then do it that way. Rather than going into, hey, I've been looking at your stuff online. It's not very good, is it? I can help you. <laughs> don't go that that's a big turn off isn't it yeah, yeah. A, bit of, a bit of act wouldn't go on this um, so it's just it's like a catch 22 for a lot of you know younger designers um, yeah. let's, let's say, you're saying young designers you don't have to be young to be a new designer you can be 67 and be a new designer um, yeah. so I, I kind of mean young in terms of experience um, you know it's everybody it's just that every job you see you know is a uh, must have two years experience in this. You're like, well, how the hell do I get experience if I can't? But you can get experience if you just go out there and say, I've worked with these businesses and they're real. Mm. It's not an Instagram page of 365 logos that you designed yourself. Because that's the thing as well. A lot of these logos look bloody amazing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like 19. His logos are amazing because he's designing them with no restrictions. And yeah. no end goal. He's designing nice pictures. We could all do that if we didn't have to do it for a specific thing. Yeah. That's where logo design isn't, you know, a 30-day logo challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's an entirely different thing designing a logo for a real live business. You can't just go, hey, this is the coolest thing ever whack that on all your vans and everything's going to be cool it's not going to work like that so a lot of people like get confused as well when when you're designing for a client they're trying to sign something that'll be put in their portfolio rather than uh rather than something that's got all the meaning and everything behind it so function, function over form yeah you, um, can't miss, you can't get away from that with a lot of young designers as well the confidence people don't have a lot of confidence charging a good price and charging what they're actually worth uh, yeah yeah i still shit myself yeah. <laughs> well, well, well like, like, here's an example. So I've seen your, on your website you got the price you, on and your little your, your web PDF, which I think is amazing. It's really, really laid out amazingly, and the whole website's like built so you can easily navigate it. Um, which, which is something I'm, I'm going to look at after, after our call, and, and <laughs> yeah, I can discuss it. I hope I am blue design stuff. Yeah, my um, website still needs a lot of work done to it, but yeah, thank but, you. yeah. You can, but it's, it is. It's easily navigatable, and, and you can move around. And, and the client, I bet it's good for clients. Um, it may not be like the best for like it may not be like Pentagram where you've got logos and everything slapping yourself in the face. Yeah. But, um 
Yeah, it, it's really yeah. It tells the story of, of why you're valuable and what and what happens. Yeah, I think that's important. Logo. Yeah, get that on there. You know, when the when when the client comes to your website, yes, they're looking for a designer. Yeah. But all clients have different problems, but they they're, they generally fall into kind of five or six of the same areas. So you can kind of you know if you can sort of say hey. Is you you know you having problems with consistency? Are you having problems? Does your logo just think your logo is not very good? Or then what you want is them going, yeah, yeah, that that's me. Then they'll go a bit further in. If you go on right. your website and you're just instantly saying, look at my work, that's not saying whether you can help them or not. That's just saying, that's just saying, look at me. Yeah, you know, it's like websites that say, welcome to blah blah. blah. Well, I would hope I'm welcome. <laughs> you don't need that there um it's not it's not it's not a, a good way there's one of the things that marcus has actually done is uh, i'm in a membership on like called the content marketing academy although it's cma nobody calls it the content marketing academy um, marcus actually wrote a course called the content success formula and there's a large part of that and how you should lay out your website and you know and basically you should have a learning center so a client can go on and learn you know, without even having to speak to you, because some people are a bit shy; they're only being on the phone, so they can they can just go to your website and learn, learn all the things. And when they know that you're the one with all the answers, chances are they're going to give you the job. They're not going to take those answers and go to someone else. They might get quotes from someone else, but they probably will then find out they'll go to their website and go, "Oh, their website doesn't have the same kind of thing." So. But, you know, it's, it's, it's time. There's always a lot of time to build that up. So don't think you can build a learning center in like two weeks. Um, can it take, can take years. I've been on this journey for three years, content marketing journey, three years. And it's only in the past six months that I'm starting to see the traction of it. It's not a quick fix. Um, you have to kind of go, you have yeah, to weather, weather it all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like the confidence builds up as well over time. So it's, it's like long camera. Like you, you were talking in another video, you were sticking and, and, you, and you, were, you were looking straight at the camera. I did it as well. You just yeah. freeze. You no emotion. I, my, first video, my first video, I hairsprayed my beard. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't move. Um, I was reading a script. I had a script hanging from the bottom of the camera. Um, I said, no, I didn't have it hanging, but I think I had it off to the side. And what I would do is if you watch my early videos, when I'm talking, I'll kind of look like I'm having, you know, having to think, but I'm actually reading the script to see what's going to So it might be, yeah, you know, and just let's say you're looking for, and I'm reading the script, and then come back in as if I'm just off yeah. glancing, and yeah. then I cut it down to bullet points, and then I just have like a couple of bullet points to keep me on track. But confidence is a big thing in pricing, um, and I can tell you now that there's, I know some pretty big designers who still have confidence issues in pricing it's mm. for some people it'll never go away um but you kind of have to if you're especially if you're in front of a client you have to have confidence in your pricing if you go eh, three thousand pounds they're gonna go what what not very confident that maybe i can get them down He's not confident in his price. But if you go, if you just drop it in casually and say, yeah, yeah, it's £3,000 for the logo design service and move on past it, and you may see them go, <laughs> don't acknowledge it because that's your price. If you then go back, 
that's when you kind of, but you'll hopefully maybe have a kind of, with that type of client, you may have had the value-based thing. So if we solve this now, how much is it worth to you? But even if you haven't had that conversation, you can have the conversation at that point. You say, oh, okay, you know, I can see your reaction. Is that, you know, is that more than you thought it was going to be? And might go, fuck, yeah, that was like, a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be 500 quid. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's how much it is, you know. And then you could have the conversation and say, right, okay, so, what, you know, how much is an average customer to you? What, what's, their, what's their annual spend or what do they spend on one product? Now, it might be that they sell pens and they're like 20p each. So they'll need like, I don't know, 30,000 customers to make <laughs> a certain yeah. amount of money. Um, so it might be that that client's not right for you. And you just have to kind of say, okay, well, we're maybe not right for you. Now, I personally have a lot of designer friends who are all at different levels to me. I've got friends who are like charging 50 grand for a logo. And I've got, client, I've got friends who are charging 250. Yeah. So I can send people either way. And that's, that's something that can benefit you as well. Is even if you don't win that project, if you can help them find someone that can help them, they may come back to you for something else. Yeah. Or they, not they, they will have friends who have businesses. Mm-hmm. And if they know their friend has a bigger budget, they'll go, you should go see Call. He's, he's amazing. And, you know, you can afford him. So it's, it's all about selling it as an investment rather than you just buying a logo. It's like you're selling yeah, it yeah. as a value. It's not, yeah, a logo is not, it's not a package. Pro- as yeah. much as you can package your pricing, um, a logo isn't, isn't a, like a packaged thing. Yeah. And that's where I'm starting to rethink my own pricing because I'm thinking, you know, if I package my pricing as a flat rate thing, does that then flow on to making it look like the logo is a, Prod, like a product rather than a rather than a solution you know mm. to kind of help move on so it might be that i just change my pricing to add the word from you know from x amount again to get rid of the ki- the tire kickers who are just kind of coming along to waste my time um and one other thing that i'll do as well is that that kind of helps it takes a bit of practice because it's not easy um but, you know, sometimes you have to sack clients. Um, it's not the easiest thing in the world because you might get some blowback from the client. But mm. sometimes if they're just wasting your time and not listening to you and they're constantly just getting you to be a Mac monkey and just, no, put that there and put that there, that's... It doesn't work, yeah. It, it's yeah, I mean, they're paying you good money. It's up to you. But personally, I'd rather be working with someone that I'm actually helping rather than just listening to a non-designer telling me what keys to press and stuff um so a good way to kind of avoid that situation is to is when someone is okay with my pricing i then have a 30 minute call with them and i tell them that the call is so they can ask me questions but it's also for me to give me an opportunity to ask them questions to see if we're the right fit for one another and at the end of the call we'll decide whether we proceed or not and I remember the even now, if I'm on the call and I'm like, I don't get a good, I'm not getting a good vibe from this at all. Um, it's, it's it's quite hard to approach a subject and say to them, 
like, I don't think I'm the right person for you. But if you know, if you've got other designer friends that you think personality-wise or style-wise will help them, you're not just leaving them. You're not just like switching off your video camera and no, it's all leaving them sitting there going, well, what do I do now? <laughs> um, you've, you've said, look, I'll tell you what, let me go speak to my friend. He does the kind of design you're looking for or maybe he his, his um, design process, I think, will fit the way that you like things to go. You know, I'm quite a relaxed person. My process is, I have stages, but it's very organic, yeah. shall we yeah. say. And whereas I've got friends who are bloody meticulous. It's like, you know, <laughs> boxes and point 2.2C, it's very analytical. And some clients want that. Other clients like the process I have. They just like the freedom of it. Um, so that actually brings you confidence because you know that, you can still help them. Um, and I find that works for me um, anyway. But um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, so if I'm, if I'm yeah, near that 250 pound, right? And uh, I'm looking There's up. There's nothing at, wrong with that. Yeah. yeah well, that's, that's the thing. Like, so, so I'm looking up at you and you, on your website, you've got you know, 10 times as much as me. And I'm thinking, okay, that's fantastic. How do I get to there? Um, I'm thinking, how do I get to how do I get to five? How do I get? Yeah, to exactly. We're all thinking about going from this. Um, someone said to me, uh, I think it was Chris Marr who runs the Content Marketing Academy. He he runs a workshop, basically teaching people what it is and how it can help their businesses. And uh, he's got a slide, and all it says on it is, "Never judge." What is it? Never. Never judge your start by someone else's middle. Right. And it's very true because you're like looking going, oh, man, I want to be like that. And you want to make the instant jump to mm. that. And you can't. It takes time. You have to take time. And one of the things I see right now a lot, I see a lot in local geeks and everything, are these brand new designers wanting to charge five grand <laughs> for logo design. And even worse, brand strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because well, you've read a couple of books on brand strategy. <laughs> I don't know if you feel like you're Does about. make you a brand strategist? You know, yeah. I'm still, I've been doing it for 20 years, and I'm still, you know, I I offer a bit of strategy and a bit of consultation. Yeah, yeah. because I've kind of done I've done the work, and I kind of know what works for people. It's like I'm not saying you don't get knowledge from books, but there's something about a 17 year old. <laughs> or you know you see you see 17 year old life coaches and stuff as well you're like were you crazy yeah. you've not lived life at all um i have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about that um no they've just been born just there's, like, yeah there's i mean there's don't get me wrong that's that shows that there's you know there's a passion there and, and they want it but i think if the passion is about charging you know mid four figures you're you're running before you can walk or even crawl, really. And I think you need to kind of take it out of the stage. So the fact that you're charging 250 quid is, is fine. I, when I started, how long have you been doing this now, Mark? Well, yeah, uh, two, three, four, sort of. Uh, I mean, it depends because I've done logo design, graphic design for five, six years now. Yeah. Um, but, but on and off and never really found that you know, solid client base. And I think that's the thing I'm struggling with is... Well, Doing, yeah. get, getting a solid pricing structure, fixed, staying to it, and getting clients in. Because even if I'm charging 250 quid, I'm still getting people that are emailing and wanting 100 pound logos. Yes. I'm not really wanting. <laughs> You're to always going to have that. 
You're going yeah. to move up to 500. Yeah, I can't get anyone up to 250. It's not like when he's wanting 250-pound logos. It's just, it, never, it never changes. Um, it just is, as you move up, um, as you move up, everyone always wants less than what you're charging. The, what you need, the way you need to look at it is that sometimes you can actually be too cheap for okay. people. So it depends on the size of the projects and the size of the businesses you're going for as well. So if you go for like a, a million pound turnover a year business, now that's not, it sounds like a lot of money, but that's not a big business. That could be a small family business. Yeah. Um, if they get three quotes and two are at a grand and you're at 250, they probably won't even look at your work because they'll go, oh, he's cheap. Yeah. So it's, there's a certain amount of, of looking at where you want to place yourself in the in it now you're saying you've been on five six years and you're charging 250 quid i think i was still charging 250 quid in year eight because i just i was it was the only way i felt i could win work because i felt you know you, you have those three circles good fast and cheap yeah yeah and then you had that middle bit which was an unknown nirvana i was giving the un the like the unicorn bit in the middle I was doing good, fast, and cheap. <laughs> and it was just, you know, and I was burning myself out because I didn't, I was like, I need the work. I was doing, you know, 60 projects a month wow. to, to just kind of break even. 60 clients, 60 emails times 10 per project. Just the admin alone was just mental. Whereas now you know, I'm making a, you know, my turnover's gone up and that, but... I'm now, the past three years, my turnover has stayed more or less the same. Um, I'm, and my profit is going up, but I'm doing less jobs. Yeah. So I'm charging more. I'm able to spend more time on the project, which is good for the client because I'm more focused on it. And, I'm, and I've got more time to do my videos, for you, okay, I still kind of do them last minute every week. Um, but I've got time for that. You know, there's more. I always say I've not got enough time to do this. But then when I think back to where I was six years ago, really, I had no time. There's days where I'm in the office and I'm maybe just, you know, I feel like I'm procrastinating or I'm doing something I shouldn't because I'm not working on something. And I'm just maybe just, I might just have put Netflix on or something at half two in the afternoon going, whoa, I shouldn't be doing this to just switch off from projects, which everybody knows you have to do because you can't see the wood for the trees half the time. You're like, ah, oh, I can't move this project forward. Yeah, because you've been staring at it for five hours. You need a break from it. Whereas before, when I had to take a break from it, that meant moving straight onto a different project because mm. I needed to get them all done. I can now actually just go out for a walk or you know do something else. So you will get there, but just... I feel what if you jump to like a figure, you'll know when you're ready to jump. Um, How am I, I'm not getting any clients at the moment as well. That's the problem. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's it's like you could if you wanted say, well, I'm not getting any clients right now, so I'm just going to start. I'm going to say I'm two grand. But can you back that up? You know, if somebody, if if you went in and you were against three other companies and they're charging two grand, and the client says, okay, show me what you've done, show me what you've done. How much stuff can you? compete with with these other companies um if you're a good salesman you might get away with it 
you know, if you want to really go down that route and, you, and sell it to them, yeah, then you could. But and and again, if that's something somebody's comfortable with, I'm not saying that's wrong, as long as you don't screw over the client. Yeah, all about the client for me. All about the client because they are. You, if you say you're only as good as the last job you do, yeah, and that doesn't mean that the work you did was the best work ever. It just for me, it means that I've done another great service to a client who's going to refer me to everybody they know. Yeah. That's me doing the best that I've done since the last one. Um, because you know, depending on budgets, you know, it just depends on what it is you're creating. You know, it's like you can't say, Well, that's the best A5 flyer I've done ever. I'm super happy with that. It's it's just about if that client feels the same way as the three grand client who's just had a logo done, I'm doing a good thing, you know. Um, yeah, they should feel the same kind of elation of that they've received a good service. Um, there's no, I don't, you know, I don't treat a, I don't treat a hundred quid job any differently in terms of how I deal with a client. Um, yeah. It's always been like customer first, isn't it? It's always, always making sure their needs are met. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't take on these days. I don't, if someone came to me and asked me to do a business card or a flyer, if it's not a client that I've done work for in the past, I tend to, Refer it out or give it out because it's not a good use of my time these days. Yeah. Um, if I've got nothing on, then I'll maybe do it. Um, but it's not something that's because even when I'm doing a business card, I still do a research into their business because I want to do the business card so it fits and you time and you're like, Jesus, what I'm charging them is going to is like an hour of my time mm-hmm. and I've spent half a day on it so far and I've not even started laying anything out. Um, because I just get that involved in it, so and I just so it's, it's to protect myself. So, <laughs> you so know? practical things. So, so if I wanted to, so I, I think I could back up two fifty quite comfortably. Um, so, so if I started doing the videos based on why it's going to be good for the client and put those on the website and and trying to show the client a bit more, um, that alone would help you to increase yeah. your pricing. And then start emailing people as well. Like, yeah, it's look and well, you've got to be genuine about it. Yeah, got to be genuine about it. And you could even, you know, just sort of you could say, you know, I'm charged, charging 250. Um, there are people who charge less, there are people who charge more. But I feel that this is, you know, the right, just, just be upfront. Yeah, because clients that fit into each bracket, clients that want 100, clients want 250, like you were talking about. Yeah, you could you could attract a 250 client and then you start speaking to them and then they start putting arms and legs onto this project and you're like, man, I'm at 250. But you then have a discussion with them and say, okay, this is, you know, this is quite a lot of work. Um, it's probably going to be more than 250 because, yeah. and you just explain to them. And I feel like, oh, but you said it's 250. Say, well, yeah, it's two fifty for the logo design process, but you're wanting this, this, and this. That's extra. A but lot of people think if they get you in a logo design, that you'll design everything else with it. Yeah. Now, I used to do that as well. I used to do logo, and I would include stationery. I would include, you know, I think I included printing of that stationery at one point as well. And that was when I was charging nine nine seven because it's under a thousand. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
But then I'm like, that price, that's, I've got to pay for the print, and that's eating into my profit. So I've got to do this. And how long has it taken me to do the stationery? Because you then have discussion, oh, no, that's not quite right. Can we move this here and move that there? And I was like, what am I doing? So I just, I stopped printing it and I would only do the artwork. And now it's all, it's now all separate. Now my logo design process is purely the logo yeah. and logo guidelines. I said, and logo guidelines. other stuff. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Everything else is, and I have that. There's a, one of the things I need to do is I don't have the pricing on my webpage. And I need to get that on there. Um, some people say, oh, don't put your pricing on because then your competitors can find out. So they'll find out anyway. It doesn't matter. If they want to, if I'm, I think I'm 2980. If, if somebody wants to go on at 2960 or whatever to undercut me, I'm not bothered. You know, I'm just doing my own thing. I just want to focus on what clients are coming to me. Um, and also designers should talk designers should uh, talk more about their pricing and everyone's on about you know no one talks about it and that's hindering the industry if everyone yeah. did put on the website then everyone would know what level you are and understand yeah. well, but some people say you know oh you know i can't put prices because it depends it depends yeah. on what they want but you can still talk about it yeah on your website you could still give examples you could say here's a logo project we did for john smiths and co this cost them 2,500. Here's another one where they had more stuff done and we spent more time on research. This cost by 550. You're not saying how much you charge, but you're letting people see what it's likely to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're probably going to need about that. So that's going to be around 2,500. They're not saying it, it'll, it will be that, but they can come to you and say, hey, we saw the John Smith and Co thing. We're looking for something similar. We maybe don't need this. Or we maybe need that. And you say, yeah, that's cool. Let's have a chat about it. They already know how much it's likely to be. So if you say, right, for what you want, it's about three grand. They'll probably be fine with that. They might have a little bit of haggling, but it's within your remit, you know? Um, or if they want the bigger one, great. They go for the bigger one. But yeah. if you don't talk about it or have anything about pricing, they probably won't contact you. It's like walking, you know, jewelry shops where there's no prices because people will just assume it's too expensive for them. No matter how much money they have, they'll be like, mm, I don't want to ask because people don't like talking about money. Well, some do. Some and especially in the UK, I think there's a bit of a stigma around it. But um, I think, we, you know, we, everyone at the dinner table says that you know, a couple of things that talk about is money, politics and, and war, is it, or something else? I don't know. It's... Yeah, I'll talk about <laughs> anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm pretty pretty open, you know. Um, I haven't said what my turnover or that is because, um, you know, it's it's you know, I'm not I'm not a millionaire. Um, yeah, I'm not even a tenth of a millionaire. Well, um, you can find out that anyway if you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a sole trader, so you probably couldn't. All oh, right. Yeah. I'm not a limited company. Yeah. Um, I've had again that kind of shows you. You know, my accountant said we'll tell you when it becomes yeah to your benefit to be a limited company. Yeah. I'm not at that space yet, um, you know. But I'm working my way up. I'm, in, I'm, you know, I'm doing my YouTube stuff. I'm, I'm starting to get. I'm getting people coming. I mean, I never thought I'd be charging what I'm charging right now. Um, and I'm sure there's people who are charging like the fifty grand, like who are like, wow, I never thought I'd be charging that either. Um, and then there's also what you have to take in consideration as well is who are you putting yourself up against? Somebody who's charging fifty grand. 
is that a sole is that a sole designer or is that an agency? Yeah, an agency. The benefit that they have. So if I was going up against an agency, then the client's probably going to get the benefit of four or five creative minds, maybe. But the agency might, agency might say that. Yeah, the agency might say, "Come with us." You know, we've got five designers, and they'll, you yeah. know, they'll put. Chances are, it'll probably just be one designer who gets given that job. But they can say that in their marketing. Whereas for me, it's just me. You know, and um, so you have to. Well, that becomes more personal as well, doesn't it? Yeah, you have to work out what your um, what your unique selling point is, your USP, yeah. as a is as opposed to an agency. Um, I've got um, another designer who works with me, Stuart, and Stuart does some part-time stuff for me. And he's really great. It's helped me kind of move on a little bit, um, and and has let me see, you know, what's possible. Um, and so I maybe need to change, but I don't want to have a big agency because I'm, I've worked in, I've worked for agencies before where there was like a few of us, and then it grew, and. Whereas before it might be, you know, oh, how's Jim's project coming on or Susan's project? When it grows, it becomes how's project 457 getting on because we need to invoice that. We need the money in because you've got such a big team. You've got wages to pay. Um, so the pe- the personalization of the projects seems to dwindle a bit. I'm not yeah. saying that's the case for all big agencies. It's just been my experience. Yeah, um, okay. And I, I was like, I don't want that for, for any of my clients. Um, so, so by doing, yeah, you could do, so you, you asked earlier on, you could do video, you could do podcasts, you could write blogs, you know, those are the three main ways to kind of get your experience, your knowledge. You might not have much experience. You might not have much knowledge. So why not create a blog or, you know, or a video or a podcast where you are letting people follow your journey of you acquiring knowledge you're like like you're doing you know you're interviewing people who've had businesses for a while or they may have only had businesses for like a very short while and we spoke earlier before we started recording about laura from nifty fox i think laura's been going for like it was two years when in august when she'd been going that's not a long time but she's super passionate about it and she's doing everything she can to have a uniqueness about her business um, you know her history is like when you consider what she's gone through to get to where she is and what she's doing and the passion that's there and how the, the people that she kind of holds in high regard and how they are so down to earth and she wants to be like them I'm the same way you know I I unfortunately didn't make it down to um, meet Mr. Draplin when he came over to the UK and I was gutted about that um, I just couldn't make it but you know, to know that there are people who are at the top of their game, but they're still the nicest people in the world mm-hmm. um, is, is is great to see. And and I would hope that if, and Laura said the same, I think if, you know, if I got to that point, I would hope that I could still speak to people on a level knowing where I came from and, and the struggles that they have and just little bits of knowledge and helpfulness can absolutely change someone's mindset they may be thinking about giving up because oh, i can't get clients or i'm struggling with this it's like cool don't worry about it i was the same here's what i did or this might help you and then they go away and they, they they do it that's you know but there's a lot of you know people that can be a bit standoffish and you're having to pay for autographs and shit like that you know um 
So it's it's good to know and it's good to see the amount of people that are willing to give you, you know, time. Um, I mean, like polish air and stuff like that. Yeah, I think in general it's quite a nice, nice uh, industry to get into and a lot yeah. of people are very Everybody's open to, you know, to giving time. Even the, the guys that you think would never have the time because they're running around like Egypt um, are willing to give you time. And and it wouldn't just be you. They must be giving time to other people doing podcasts and stuff as well. So it's, it's great to see. But it kind of comes down to as well, I think, you know, they are at the top of their game, but also that allows them to have time yeah because of what they're able to to charge for their services means that they'll have teams working for them they, they're not going to be doing i think we're kidding ourselves if we think they're doing all the work yeah they'll literally be coming up with the concepts and then they'll have a team to take those and just refine them into their their finished thing they're coming up with the idea um and yeah for me i want to i want to start doing more i've started doing more workshops on for businesses on branding brand consistency i've done a bit of speaking at some events i'm going to a thing in two weeks time which is how to be a better speaker and um, not for speaking on stage to be a paid speaker i don't want to do that it's to help me with my video help me with my workshops mm. just to be more confident and to structure what i'm talking about more rather than being like you know a Billy Connolly stand-up routine where I start talking about something, go off on something else and then come back <laughs> um, at the end. I don't think people are up for that. It needs to be kind of in segments um, so that they're learning. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, 250 is fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is. I mean, but with that, do you think I should just put it on the website and, and explain why this is that? Because I know you got... Well, I think you have to justify it. Um, sometimes I think if you're justifying prices, um, all you need to do is put your price on and just give them your process. Right. And what you might find is people will go, wow, you you know, you're a lot less, you know, for what you offer. And then if work starts coming in, then you just start, you just start, you just yeah. keep putting your pricing up until nobody buys anymore. And then you bring it back down. And then when people start buying at that level, you move it up again. And, and that's just the way you do it. Um, this whole kind of, jumping straight from nothing to something else because you've done a course or it's just i think you know you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the clients that's my opinion on it and i'm allowed to have my opinion um but that's just how i how i feel about it some of the the information in the in because i've you know read some of these things and read some of these books and there's great information in it but there's nothing can beat working with real clients you know you can't just do competitions and do your own logos and expect because you have the knowledge on pricing and you know what value-based pricing is that you can come to that kind of method um i think you have to like a lot of bands and that used to do you know you have to do the gig circuit you have to work the the bad nightclubs and you know you have to you have to suffer (laughs) you have to you have to grow that bit of that thick skin um It'll make you a better designer, kind of coming up with coming up against a tough client. Yeah. Is, you know, it's a good it's a good baptism. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it on anyone because it could be a nightmare, but it lets you see that it's not all it's not all roses. You know, I don't know how many of us are out there now. There's like a bazillion logo designers now. Um uh, you know, so it's kind of I feel 
by doing my YouTube channel and stuff, that was me almost protecting myself from from the the kind of the explosion of of brand designers, logo designers. Is that right? Well, how can I differentiate myself other than growing a long wizard beard and wearing a cap? <laughs> you know what? What you know? Because because I I had a beard and, and wore a cap years before a couple of years before like the hipster thing kicked in and then i was like oh then i'm starting to get called a hipster and stuff but um that's thankfully dying off a little bit now um and i'll always kind of be this way i can't ever shave this off now because it's become it's kind, kind of, of, of yeah of why i'm it's just getting grayer and grayer mm-hmm. as, as the weeks and months go on it'll soon be like properly white um which could be kind of cool um yeah, that'll be cool um, I want to grow a bit of that one day. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not tempted to diet yet. You know, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But um, I think you have to have you have to have some sort of thing about you, and and I don't mean you know you'll get work because you wear a cool hat or yeah or or the way you dress. I think you have to have a thing about you, and I think you're doing that with your podcast. I think you you're you know really good, really easy to talk to. Um, I've got, you know, I've won clients through my YouTube channel. Just clients have contacted me saying, watch, watch the video on this, watch some more of your videos, went to your website, I know how much you charge, when can we start? Brilliant. When that happened, I was like, wow, I didn't have to work for that client. Yeah. And then somebody said, well, yeah, you have, because you've done 150 videos. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's you have for that yeah. It's not. It's not just come out of nowhere. So, and it's hard doing a video a week. You know, I'm kind of I'm running a bit dry on on topics. There's I wanted to redo some of the early videos where I'm like kind of yeah, hello, um, <laughs> like my what is a logo video. I'd like to redo those because I'm a bit more relaxed in front of camera now. Um, it's like I think the I think the what is a logo? I think I even tried to crack a joke at the start of it and it's so bad. It's just like, I think I said, so, you know, so what is a logo? And then I say a sentence and I can't remember what it is I say. It's basically a logo is this, this, this. And then I go, thanks for watching. No. Oh, it's just bloody terrible. Really, really <laughs> bad. That's just because I'm so nervous. Um, whereas I would do that totally differently now. I would just, I would just talk about it. It's a five minute video. I think I could probably get that down to two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, and just talk. Really get engaged, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot. I get a lot of comments about the fact that I speak quite slowly in my videos. A lot of people like that because I've, right. I've watched a lot of videos and people are like, Brrr. if someone wants to watch my videos faster, you can speed it up. You know, you can speed up YouTube mm-hmm. videos. Um, I did have someone comment saying, "Why do you speak so fucking slowly?" On my, and I, I remember when I got that, it was like a stab in the heart. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I you know. Um, I just I was like, oh my god, that's it! I'm not doing any more videos. Oh, or my first thumbs down, you know. I was like, oh. But then somebody said, to me, "Thumbs down is good for engagement." Exactly. <laughs> he took the time to leave a comment, which is even better than a thumbs up. You know, he left the comment, yeah. um, which meant he actually watched my video. Um, so, so there is that. So now I've, I think I've maybe had two or three kind of like comments but nothing everything else has been pretty positive um so i'm thinking about doing a i'm thinking about doing a patreon scheme for it nice yeah 
to kind of more facilitate the designers who watch. Um, and what I'm thinking, maybe like $5 a month or something. And what I'll do is I'll maybe set up like an hour um, live chat and they can, um, we'll have a chat about whatever they want to ask and we'll have a chat about it. And it might be just, you know, something like this even, not yeah. a podcast recording, but just people asking mm -hmm. these types of questions. I'll okay. give my honest answers. And then maybe what I'll do is if, if you're a patron, you can submit a logo and I'll critique it on the channel yeah, so that everyone really. can learn from from that. Um, so it's, it's it's not about, you know, getting rich quick off of that. It's just about a way of paying for my time to kind of do that extra bit of mm. content. Um, because as I move on with my videos, my videos are going to get more and more honed in on helping business owners so it's going to be less for the designers so i think if i can you know still help them something uh, as well, yeah yeah and the questions that they ask me in those live chats could become videos so i can yeah. still keep things going so we'll yeah. see what happens with that but um yeah it's and i'm now doing you know doing workshops people have asked me to do workshops at their um i've been asked to do one at Aberdeen University in Dundee on branding just because of what people have been seeing. So it does open up other avenues for you. Um, and if you do if you do blog writing, you're writing a lot better. If you do videos or you do podcasts, you'll well and blogs as well, is that you'll actually think through the design process more. I know that myself, when I'm designing logos and things, it's a bit like muscle memory. Yeah. You kind of do things naturally. But when I have to explain it, you have to actually have a, a clear process that someone can follow. And mm -hmm. that's been the good thing with the, the YouTube channel is that it's, it makes me think about processes. And I've learned a lot as well because there's bits where you, you try, you go, right, I'm going to do a video on this. And you go, wow, there's a very large hole in my knowledge of this part of this subject. And then I'll go away and learn that, you know, so... It's been good. It has been good. You know, we're always learning. doesn't matter if we're old and grey. We're always still learning and still kind of moving on um, with everything. So it's just, you know, it's just to say to people, you know, chin up. Don't don't give up because it's... Uh, it can well, never discipline. You'll get there, won't you? Yeah, yeah it can seem it. tough. But, you know, if you keep going, 10 others have given up. Yeah. So you're the one that's still going. So just... Just keep going. It's just, just think, you know, if you give up that day, that customer could be waiting the next day. You know, it's 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 just yeah. to kind of just to kind of keep you going. But yeah, if you're if you're if you're in a job at the minute, you know, part time or whatever, don't make the full leap until you're ready to do it. You know, it's important that you still have money coming in, and um, because. Yeah, you'll be able to kind of weather the storm of low pricing to build up your folio. Mm. Then you can make the jump and, and you've built up a reputation and you've built up work. You're not going to be able to jump to four figures, um, you know, straight away with with very little work. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, but just don't enter, don't enter things like 99 Designs and stuff like that. It's, A, it's, it's, it's ruining our business, um, our industry, Nobody should be doing work for free on a competition basis. Yeah. I I would say you're better off doing what I said earlier and yeah. helping 
actual businesses. If you're willing to give your time and your chance of winning is one in a hundred. Yeah, or even more. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know how many, you know, will go to it. Yeah. Gonna actually be helpful. Because the thing is, most people are really nice and you might get something at the end of it anyway. Yeah. Because you'll go, you know what? There's 50 quid. Whatever. If you were willing to do it for nothing, then you know, or you might get a discount in their shop from then on or whatever. People are nice people, you know. It's just not everybody's out to to take stuff for free. Um so the last last couple of things. So quickly, do you, do you think that you should put, put I do packages? Do you think there should be different tiers? Is that a good way of doing it? Or should uh, you... yeah, there's that way of pricing as well. Some people say, you know, you put up three tiers. Yeah. And to go for the middle one. Like yeah. the one that you want them to go for should be the middle one. Right. So you put in a low one and you say, yeah, with this, you get this and this. With this one, you get this, this, and this, which is what you think is the kind of, you know, what you... I had this. I had the three tiers before a couple of years ago. It did. It did with a little bit of pushing, um, you know, because some people just navigate, some people are naturally navigating to the lower one. Um, I made sure the lowest one had everything that I felt was required. I never left anything off because, again, if they did want to really go for that, then I had to make sure I gave them everything and so they weren't getting fish and going, well, Somebody's told me that I need EPS versions of my logo. And then, you know, some people go, oh, yeah, so it's an extra 100 quid for that. Yeah. No, yeah. you've done it as an EPS in the first, you know, it's a vector in the it's first place. Um, but some people do. Some people do. Some people only give out the bitmaps or the rasters of it, yeah. um, which is, and, and, and hold, on to, hold on to the copyright of it, even though the client's paid. What? Oh, no, they're paying for a license to use that from me. Fuck off. They paid for the logo. Give them the copyright. It's their bloody logo. You know, I just, I, I feel that that's fine well, if they have yeah. it. If they do a runner, then it's your logo. And if they start using it, then yeah, you can you can sue them for it because it's your copyright. But if they've paid you, if you're saying it's going to cost you 250 quid or three grand, that's the, the money that you're setting for it. It's like those website companies where, they say, oh, it's 20 quid a month, you know, and we'll build your website and we'll host your website, but you're trapped. You're yeah. trapped there. You can't, you can't, you know, it's on their system. You can't move. It's not like WordPress. You can't just take it and move it. And if you want to leave, they say, well, that's going to cost you two grand because we're losing out money. Well, don't charge them 20 quid a month in the first place then. Yeah. Charge them what you want to make from it. That pisses me off, as you can tell. Yeah, the, the, the three-tier one could work because um, generally people will go, well, I don't, wanna, I don't want to go for the most expensive, but I don't want to seem cheap. So I'll go in the middle. Right. Um, sometimes you'll get people going for the top one. Uh, for me, it got to the point where I was like, the middle one's the one that I believe is what gives them what they need. Yeah. So I don't want to kind of have this, again, it's a sales technique, which I think is a little bit of kind of mind games. And it's like, no, this is how much, this is what I think you need. I will give you everything you need for a successful, you know, start, kickstart to your brand. This is it. Mm. Um, and then, so like I was saying earlier on, I don't have my price on my website, but I do have a downloadable PDF and I don't ask for your email for you to get it. Um, that pisses me off as well. Um, <laughs> It does. Um, it, that's so silly. Uh, that puts so many yeah, here's a hit. Download our PDF of pricing. 
give us your email so that we can bombard you with sales <laughs> forever. You can't do that now, then you GDPR stuff. Yeah. So I've got a PDF you can download, which is basically, and the reason I had that was that it explains my process. It kind of gives them the stages. Yeah. But a couple of very short case studies of work I've done in the past. And then it has my logo pricing and what you get. And then it also has a couple of other pages, one for a brand book and one which is just stuff that people usually ask for, like brochures and banners and stationery. It gives an indication of, I think it all says from, you know, so it's not fixed. And then they can get all that. But I really should, because the amount of emails I get through my contact form, how much are you for a logo? Just yeah. download the, it says, down, pricing, download it. it on the website and then... Yeah, so I'm going to put it up at the top and it's just going to say logos. And I think at that point I'll say from £2,980. Something I'm going to experiment with. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a lot less inquiries. I know I will. But yeah. I know the ones I will get, I've seen the price. Yeah. They're the ones that will go for it, yeah. Well, they might not go for it, but there will at least be a discussion. Okay, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This has been really useful. I'm I'm taking a lot away from it, and I'm going to, hopefully it's how people are listening as well, but I'm going to start thinking about pricing and and come out with three strategies, I think. Really like uh, a Bambi package, like a a blue deal. Yeah, it's coming up with a name (laughs) as well, you see. You've you've got to try and link it. I think mine's where my theme was around rockets. I think I had ignition lift off and nice. orbital, I think whatever that I had. Um nobody went for orbital. But uh yeah, good luck getting it framed around deers. Yeah, that's thing like stag like oh yeah you could yeah elk, you could elk, elk's not a bad one. I like elk. Um anyway, yeah. So the last few questions I want to ask you. Uh what's the best purchase under a hundred pounds? Um, best purchase under £100 I would probably say um, get yourself a couple of Pantone books uh, coated, Pantone coated and Pantone uncoated or the Adobe Bridge book which has kind of got CMYK and stuff um, just it depends I mean I always specify Pantone values when I do logos Um not every client's going to use them, but most clients do want to do some merchandise at some point. And things like screen printers and pens and stuff usually ask for a Pantone reference. Yeah. And they don't do... You get more and more as technology moves on, you're now getting full color printing on pens and things. But I just think it's handy to have, um, you know, to kind of look so you're not judging stuff on screen. Yeah. Because um, that's, the, the, that's by far the toughest bit I find in logo projects where you're advising what colors you're going to use. And then you know for a fact that they're on a, a monitor, which is like contrast is right up and colors right up. And I'm looking at it on a calibrated monitor going, yeah, that matches my Pantone books. And then and then they get a printed thing. And they're like, well, that looks nothing like. <laughs> yeah, that's no, crazy how much they differ. Yeah, I, yeah. I've learned that. In well, I would say, you know, that's, I'd say that's maybe just me being an old school designer, but I... I Nice. Having a couple of Pantone books is a worthy, worthy investment. I've got the full whack, and you can see it behind me. It's in the grey and yellow. Yeah, nice. Thing. You know, I've got a lot of them in there, um, but I just find those incredibly useful. Um, I can't think of much else you can That's get from hundred quid, unless you start. You know, we could list off logo books, um, like they're going out of fashion. But uh, 
Logo Modernism is a great book just for looking at older logos from like the 50s, 60s and 70s. Mm. Um, and you see all the logos that are getting done today on Dribble and stuff and you go, yeah, I've seen that and seen that in Logo Modernism. It's been done before. Yeah, it's subconscious. Before. Yeah, that's a great book. You just need shelves big enough to hold the bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. There's a shelf for the book, yeah. Yeah, Pantone books would be nice one. my thing. So the last question is, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, being the most helpful person um, me that cared you know um, wasn't all about the money as much as it's important I don't know am I that close to death Mark (laughs) 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 what would I have on my gravestone yeah. probably the words not yet <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah just the, just I would just love you know I'd love my brand to kind of be just people saying yeah he was incre- very helpful helped my business you know even if I didn't do work for them content or they saw me speak or something mm-hmm. would be you know just makes you feel good that you're that you're making a difference um, that's pretty much it because I think you know if you go into I think going into design you won't you you got to have a passion for the design side of it some people have way more passion than others yeah. um, I like to switch off from design from time to time you know I'm not one of those people that say oh look at that and reading design books every day because I just have to switch off from it it's just you know I, I watch a lot of videos and, and I see all these designers and, and I and it kind of makes me feel I sometimes feel like I'm not a real designer because they're all saying, oh, yeah, you know, I live and breathe design. I'm always looking at design books and I'm always doing this. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. yeah Am I yeah. doing it wrong? Should I be, you know, should I be doing this all the time? You know, I was like, no, you know, I'm I'm a good designer and I, I, you know, I know my stuff. And I think there's other things that you should be doing. I think, you know, um, one thing I'm away to do is um, I've been... I've been following Ian Bernard for a while and uh, Stefan Kuntz because I love hand lettering. I love it. Not not love it as in I love doing it because I can't. I'm shit at illustration. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> so I'm a graphic designer, not an illustrator. Um, but um, I messaged Ian yesterday. I'm going to start. I'm going nice. to start doing. I'm going to start to learn hand lettering and I'm going to document it on my YouTube channel. Oh, wicked! So the awesome. first videos are going to be laughable because I just like me trying to do like letter A's and stuff because I've got an iPad Pro I've got an Apple Pencil um, and I really want to start using it because I just use it for Netflix <laughs> yeah, Netflix yeah. and logo sketches that's all it gets used for so I want to start using it and I just I just I think it would be something good another kind of string to my bow I think it would it would kind of lend itself to some more organic word marks maybe for clients and stuff but that's not the goal of it I just want to do something um, I'm not musically minded at all so I can't learn to play an instrument um, so I thought yeah I'll do something like that and um, Ian's got a ton of great videos you know free stuff out there to watch so so yeah so watch this channel or YouTube yeah. channel um, I'm thinking I might start a separate YouTube channel under my own name so call Gray rather than Pixels Inc which will follow that journey because um, cool. I'm quite interested in doing some vlogging just about yeah. the creative scene in Dundee. And I want to keep the Pixels Inc. channel more the 
educational videos and my own one bit more kind of behind yeah, the scenes. business and then yeah yeah you know um so yeah but awesome. thanks for having me on mark it's been great no, no problem. Where can people say hello to you? Where, what are your YouTube channels and social media? Uh, so I'm on most of the social media channels as at Pixels Call. Um, website's pixelsinc.com. That's ink with a K. Um, Pixel Sync. Some people think it is, but it's Pixels Inc. Uh, and um, my YouTube channel is just youtube.com forward slash Pixels Inc. Nice. Okay. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, there we go. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please do share it on social media. Don't forget to tag Blue Deer Design and Creative Waffle. We're nearly at 100 episodes now. It's really, really growing. And if you could leave us a little review, that'd be absolutely incredible. If you are on iTunes or on YouTube, just leave a little comment. It would really help the podcast grow and I'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much as always for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.